everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I am joined with my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. He sells some pink straps sometimes. Mr. Brodinky. Brodinky, what's up, man? What up? What up? Uh, having a pretty good start to my week here. As you know, this is my my week's beginning today. Um Kicking ass and taking names in my football <laughs> pool. Um, 12 out of 15 picks against the spread right now. Hoping to nail oh. number 13 tomorrow. Maybe take the weekly prize. Week one. That's my favorite because then everything else is gravy. I've already paid my entry fee off. You know, like I'll just pocket that and then just try to get creative the rest of the way. You know, so that'll be sick. Uh, aside from that, I got the big guys. First day of school tomorrow. Going to go in a All little right. late. Yeah, going to take him for that. Um yeah, outside of that, just uh, enjoyed my weekend. I got with the kitties. Uh, maybe made some watch memes you might have seen. Yes, and, uh, just a few, just a few. Yes, and sold a bunch of pink straps. So I believe we're right around 50% sold at this point. Wow. Which we, means we are up over the 10K range, which is also awesome. <laughs> Good for you guys. Thanks yeah, for bro. buying pink straps. Yeah, so... And the, the pictures have been really good. I got to say the f- photography this year. And I think it's just, I think probably the rubber is just a little more photogenic than the sale cloth was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people are slapping those things on everything and they are looking good. So kudos yeah. to all of you folks. Um, what's going on with you there, boss? You know, not, nothing too much. I uh, received my version of the pink straps in this week. So I was excited to get that through it on Speedy. Uh, gifted one of them to my buddies who was in Hawaii during the drop. Uh, so he could not order it um, <laughs> easily. First uh, world problems, there. my I know. friend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I give, gifted him that this weekend. So that was really cool. He was super excited, super pumped. Uh, but yeah, man, hanging out, um, catching up on all my, my dad duties. This week I am not on the road, which is fantastic. And uh, just trying to catch up with my kids, watching Paw Patrol and all kinds of crazy stuff. So here we are. Chase is on the case. All right. Yes, uh, <laughs> Shout out to all the dads out there know yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It, it was that or I was just going to go into the Bluey theme song. So Rubble, rubble on the double. No, you know it. You know it. <laughs> I don't know what the hell a Mighty Pup is, but apparently that's in there somewhere too. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's the new thing. It's the new uh, the new Paw Patrol movie that's coming yeah, out later this month. So you ready? They get uh, they get superpowers from an asteroid. So oh, I haven't heard of that one before. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, complete segue. But yeah, so I was watching. There was like a if you have Paramount Plus, you get all the pa- the Paw Patrol shows and everything like that. And I've been apparently one of the episodes was like an elongated episode. It was almost like a like a special episode, but it was about 45 minutes instead of like the usual like 20 minutes or whatever. And essentially like the Paw Patrol finds this asteroid that like hits the ground and it gives them powers. And now they become like super pups or whatever. So long story short, this is the basis for the new Paw Patrol movie that's coming out with like really cool graphics and everything at the end of this month. Got it. Yeah. Now that that asteroid thing, I mean, that's, I, mean I saw the trailer. It looks pretty sick. I'm so. just saying that's <laughs> having had had a job in my teens where I worked in a comic store. That is the storyline beginning of a many ninety percent of the comic book. Industry. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> so. alien asteroid crash landed, gave us superpowers. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of lazy, but it's for the kids. Yeah, right? they don't know. Well, you kids. know what it is? They're only four years old. They don't know about all that other stuff, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. They, exactly. Not there yet. Right. So we've got a fair amount of new stuff this week. And, uh, I, you know, I guess we'll lead it off with Tag Hoyer because I, I gave them a good drubbing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Oh. That was like a, the worst time to drop of all time. I know. I know. And it just like. What's worse is it's just like it was. Uh, you can't predict it. And it no, you bad. can't. And even even I I almost feel bad for them because they technically had theirs scheduled a day before, 
and then mm-hmm. the articles came out a day before that and they got they got hoodwinked so yeah they had their their things in order and then they just got you know one-upped yeah 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 the bamboozle yo bamboozle so um but, so they got we got a we got a tag and porsche collab and yeah. we've talked about this before how many of them have been pretty corny and yes either usually more really, than corny really more big corny. or really ugly or whatever it might be <laughs> this one not bad 42 millimeters for a chronograph is pretty reasonable um it's a handsome watch i gotta say yeah it looks good it's based off the glass box that, that they've kind of revamped you know at the end of last year going into this year and kind of everything's now based off of that collection what's interesting about this watch is it has a completely useless complication uh, and I'm not just talking about the chronograph, but it's like a specialty version of the chronograph. So earlier this year, I think, bro, we talked about there was like a 50th anniversary of like a specific 9-11. Yep. Um, and we got like that white and blue version of the Car- the Carrera and we hated it. It was like on NATO strap. It wasn't look. It, it was just very corny. But apparently this is like 60 years of both brands. So it's like we got a 50 year anniversary and then we got a 60 year anniversary like within within months, which that was kind of interesting. But getting back to the watch itself, um, it's a very good looking watch, but it has this really, really unique complication. So apparently it's called the Chrono Sprint. And the reason for that is because as you engage the chronograph, you'll see that there's kind of a red uh, delineation within the first kind of 20 second intervals on the watch. But the Carrera secondhand will drastically increase in speed and cover that distance in about 9.1 seconds. This is designed to mimic the original acceleration speed or the timing that it would take a, an original 911 to hit 100 kilometers per hour. It was 9.1 seconds, um, which is cool. And then apparently the chronograph is supposed to return back to normal speed or slow down enough to resume normal timekeeping i well, guess there's my question is okay i get i get that that's a cute little trick but if it doesn't slow down enough to get back to normal time and then hold normal time what the hell are you actually timing <laughs> yeah i don't know i really don't know i don't know i don't know i, don't I mean know. that seems like a lot of thought and a lot of mathematics and i'm not sure people are that good to be honest yeah (laughs) mechanical watches with all that you know room for error and things i'm curious if this thing works the way it's supposed to or if it's just arbitrary after nine point whatever seconds and you're just getting who knows (laughs) yeah i I, you know i don't know either but the other thing too i thought was funny and again this is kind of a, a small thing that only psychopaths like myself would notice is when you look at the actual product photos that are kind of like the computer rendered versions the Carrera logo is in the traditional Tag Heuer font. But when you see some of the production photos, like the actual live shots, it's in the Porsche Carrera font. So I'm like, which one is it? Oh. Which one is actually going to be on the watch? That's interesting. Because I'm like, you know, I'm wondering if these like production photos are kind of like, hey, we haven't been able to reach an agreement legally if we can use the carrera typeface yet maybe we'll just shoot the photos now in this font and then later on they're like oh yeah we got the permission so we're printing the dials in the 911 font but i thought that was that was kind of interesting right that it's like there's two different versions and like i don't know which one is the actual production uh of this watch yeah maybe they were both photographed as prototypes and they just went with one yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But I overall, know. I got to say, I like it. I like the white and red scheme. I like the way it's that they nice. sort of incorporated the athleticism of the motorsport into this without being clunky and ugly. So I appreciate it. I think it's a good looking watch. Again, ill-timed, not entirely their fault, but yeah, unfortunate. I, do you know how many people go, go to the, the meme of Will Ferrell that I made? Look at how many people in that comment section are like, this is the first I heard of this watch. Yeah. Yeah. So that tells you what exactly happened there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah. 
that whole day was just like a blur. And there were so many things that were launched within the same time. And it's just kind of like completely eroded from, from memory. It gets memory holds so fast because everything burr, else burr. Uh, takes, yeah, exactly. Everything <laughs> else takes precedent. Um, but overall, I like the watch. I think the, the, the mechanism is a little gimmicky. Somebody commented on that on one of the forums that I wrote, which I agree. I mean, I think it is gimmicky, but I think overall, you know, there's not really a whole lot of people who are actually using their chronograph to time stuff. Uh, it's more just about what it represents and and the fact that it looks cool. I like the way that they had subtly incorporated, you know, the Porsche name logo, kind of on the chaptering on the outside that that carries over with this like beautiful glass box kind of bezel. Uh, I think that's really cool. The only thing I didn't like is they put nine eleven on the strap. I get it. Um, I just don't like that it's like on the six o'clock side. You know, because like when you think about like the nine eleven, like where's the logo on the car? It's on the back. On the back, right? Yep. So like, why wouldn't you put it on the back side of the strap? Well, also you would want other people to see it, not yourself. Exactly. So I'm just, but again, you know, they they do backwards buckles that don't make sense. So I guess it's kind of par for the course, right? Um. Like the upside down folding clasps, but you know, what do I know? Yeah, but overall, it's cool. Not it's, bad, not bad. It's an expensive watch, ninety two hundred dollars. So unless you really love Porsche and you really love Carreras and tags, um, this may or may not be the watch for you. And I but, think you can uh, get a rose gold one for much more. Yes, yes, you definitely can get a rose gold one for for all you fancy boys out there at uh, just over $23,000 US. So um, there you go. It's expensive. I gotta Um, say, uh, Super Troopers ruined Porsche for me because every time I think Porsche, I think of the the dude he pulls over who's European. He's got... Yeah, he has the mustache ride mustache ride guy. He says, you know, I can't afford another ticket on my Porsche. And, you know, and he's playing the song Bow Wow. And I just like crack up every time I like think about that. So (laughs) I can't look at the word anymore. It just makes me laugh. (laughs) Oh, man, that's so funny. I didn't even think about that, but now I can't. Yeah, enjoy all you folks out there. (laughs) You know exactly what we're talking about. And that's the point. Uh, but you know, yeah, back to uh, memory hold watches. Um, this one quickly slipped away from a lot of people. So sorry, Porsche. As did many, many others. In fact, Panerai released five watches in one shot. <laughs> five <laughs> under the Navy SEALs collection. Uh, I guess I don't think any of them are terrible. I like some better than others. Yeah, they're not bad. No, uh, the one, the green one you pointed out is a little wild. Yeah, that one's probably the coolest one, but I mean, it's also the the most considerably expensive one at 61700 US, but it's also one of those Panerai experience watches, uh-huh. which means that when you buy it, there's only 70 that'll ever be produced, but when you buy it, you actually get like some type of Navy SEALs experience. Now, is that is that just a bunch of military guys hazing you for like two days? I don't know, but somehow it's cool. But I think that there's a cool complication on this that I need more clarification on. But when you look at the actual watch, it's a two-sub dial register chrono. You have a start-stop pusher with a flyback complication. Mm-hmm. But then there's a secondary pusher, almost like a Rotropont. But on the dial, it says time to target. So, like, it looks like you can almost engage this and it will count down the minutes until you need to, like, intercept a target or do something militaristic, which is something I've never seen before, but it looks pretty sweet. Um, yeah, that, or I guess if you're going to be a bomber, right, you would have to drop in advance of the target. I mean, potentially. I mean, you also right. have that flyby complication too. So that was the reason why they were de- why they were uh, developed um, was for you know bombing runs, right? Because you had to instantaneously you know, start your chronograph, reset it, you know, while it was continuing to run. If not, you would be you know miles off course. So uh, it, it's interesting. I don't. Uh, 
I don't exactly know what it uh, is supposed to do or how it works exactly, but the watch looks pretty pretty cool. Um, it is 47 millimeters, so for all of you petite um, Danny Milton wrist guys out there, uh, this may probably will not be the watch for you, but I can't imagine for a lot of you at $61,700, it is the watch for you. But it looks cool. It's in an aged stainless steel, which it seems like more and more brands are doing that this this these days. I don't like it. Uh, you know, I get it, but like you know, like why age it? Can you just like sandblast it? Yeah, or it's gonna happen <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you know we saw that with the uh, with the uh, the Clive Custler, you know, Doxa. Yeah, we've seen it with this one. I think there was another couple of watches that came out that had like the aged uh, stainless steel look. Somebody will probably drop them in the in the comments or anything like that. But um, cool watch. I don't hate it, but I'm certainly not dropping $62,000 to buy it. If I had one of these and I was sitting on my toilet made of gold, I would time my own bombing runs. <laughs> although i do have oh to say the other uh the other <laughs> submersible the one with the steel bezel gmt i think that one looks pretty good yeah it does with uh with the yellow accent it's very yeah. clean it's very just sporty i've always liked the submersible looks so that one i think is my fave of the bunch and and i like too that now they're doing like different colored crowns on this collection which i thought was cool mm. I also love that the second hand almost looks like a like a radar. I see that, yeah. Like the like the or like a crosshair, you know, like on a rifle scope or something like that. Like that to me is cool. It's a subtle way to to incorporate kind of the militaristic design and the theme, but still make it where it doesn't come across as kitschy or or awkward. Um, I think this one looks cool. Now the only thing I don't know is like where does the yellow color scheme play into Navy SEALs? Um, I think it would have been probably cooler to do like a military green or like a blue or something like that. That to me would seem more in line, but you know, maybe I'm missing something because I'm not in the Navy SEALs. I mean, unless it's supposed to just be able to pick it up at a Quicker? moment's notice type thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be, could <laughs> be, but, uh, you know, at $10,600, not an inexpensive watch by any stretch. Um, but I guess, you know, when you're looking at Swiss made GMT watches, um, that's not too out of the realm of uh, cost these days, but you know, still a lot. Yeah. So uh, Breitling also dropped what looks like five watches. Um, interesting, technically Navitimers, mm -hmm. but not in the sense we know them as. Uh, these are in thirty-six yeah. and what thirty-two. 32 yeah so these yeah, are 32. tiny tiny navitimers uh mostly pretty feminine looking a lot of jewels there's one that might not be is that uh that looks like a 36 there's but, there's a 36 like anthracite or kind of like a black dial with no diamonds or anything like that and there's also that mint green that we saw on the mm -hmm. proper navitimer that came out now in the uh the 36 millimeter size as well so there are a few different versions um that are not quite as feminine but uh just keep in mind that the 36 millimeters i believe are mechanical and the 32 millimeters will be a brightling quartz hmm. you know i'm not gonna lie i mean i know it's not like outside of the realm of possibility but i i never really liked because when you think navitimer you think of you know that full dial lot going yep. on yep Slider will be a lot of functionality, chrono. chronograph. Yeah, I don't like when they double up with the names. Like, just make up a sub name that's that signifies this is less cool. <laughs> like Tag does with the Carrera. Like that. Like they have the Carrera, and then they have the time only Carrera, which is way lamer. Yeah, but I mean, they, they do they do the same thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, but the Carrera chronograph is cool. Time only yeah. Carrera, take it or leave it. You know. And speaking of uh, Carrera chronograph, I'm waiting for the day we get the hot pink Carrera chronograph glass box. That'd be neat. It would Gotta be check neat. that out. I mean, hey, it if they're going to go full send Barbie, why not, right? It, why not? Why this not? Is, this is a ton. What the heck is this? Uh-oh. The Navitimer BO1 chronograph 
diamonds. That's new. Check it out. So I guess while we're on the subject of <laughs> Breitling, I guess uh, Breitling released two watches in uh, the Navitimer traditional one, BL1 caliber, um, with a diamond case and bezel. Wow. Breitling goes bust down. They do. <laughs> and when did Breitling start going back to 46 millimeter Navitimers? I thought we were done. I guess, you know, eventually you just have to go back to... I think you just have to go back to what uh, what uh, John Travolta made popular, I guess. Yeah, this is a, this is a disappointing looking watch. <laughs> That's what would it put it. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, well. Yeah, the most exciting launch was the traditional Navitimers for sure. Yeah, yeah. But those came out last year? I think or so. This yes. year. No, last year, right? When um George was on the the plane? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was last year. Okay, all right. I can't remember. There's too many watches these days. Yep. But yeah, so Navitimer 36 um uh, looks like you got a opaline dial, no diamonds, anthracite dial, bracelet or strap. Mint green dial, no diamonds, bracelet, or strap. Then you got a mother of pearl two-tone diamond indices. Solid gold um, mother of pearl dial with diamond indices. Then in the 32 millimeters, you have a steel case mother of pearl diamond indices. Light blue mother of pearl diamond indices. Pink mother of pearl diamond indices. And then it looks like a two-tone... Mother of Pearl Diamond Indices and Solid Gold Mother of Pearl Diamond Indices. So obviously a lot more feminine options. But I Man. guess if uh, if you're a man and you want to rock a 36, um, there are a few versions that you could pull off. All right. That about wraps it up on that one. I don't need to talk anymore about that. Uh <laughs> What else we got? Tell me how you really feel. Other, no, we can move on. Um, <laughs> so those uh, uh, those those brew watches I was talking about that I almost uh, accidentally leaked on the show. Yeah, uh, came out with Warren Wine. They're regulators, which is pretty cool. Uh, you get a few different flavors. Looks like there's a green, blue, and red. The green is yep. pretty. Uh, it's a subdued green. It's not a very yeah. vibrant so the, green. Yeah, the official the official color code is moss green. Okay. And then ruby red, and then sky blue. I don't know, man. That sky blue is looking pretty wrist cheesy. If you ask it me, it is. It is. It needs. It needs a little more black. But aside from that, like if the if the sub dials were colored in black, forget about it. John, come on. That and the bean. Come on, let's let's make it let's make it happen. Come on. Let's but I like I like the colored pushers. <laughs> that was a cute. Yeah, it's cool, man. I like addition. it. So it's a regulator style chrono, which is so weird. I don't think I've ever seen this done before. Have you? Um, no, but I also don't typically pay attention to much uh, of what the functions actually do because I'm not going to use them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's a quartz chrono, but it's just funky because you you basically make it very easy to to you know you you're segmenting all the components out. So you have an hour totalizer, but that totalizer is actually your hour hand. Right. And then you have a large minute hand. Then you have a minute totalizer and second totalizer. And then it looks like at six o'clock, that's your running seconds. Yeah, I think so. So it's cool. I mean, I think it's very cool. It's also I really like the, the sky blue one. And I love it's a subtle detail, but one that I certainly appreciate. Is I love that the hour hand is at the right, you know, kind of this right sub dial. It's at like a, basically like a two o'clock position, and the guilloching for the dial, these like concentric circles radiate out from the hour. Mm. So it radiates out from the right side of the case and almost ripple effects across the dial. That is like a good touch. It'll always yeah, be fine it, where you got to be. Yeah, exactly. It, it naturally pulls your eye to that sub dial, and that way you can determine, you know, this is the hour. But it's something that I haven't seen before on on a watch like this, you know, micro brand or otherwise, which I think is cool. 
yeah, I also think it's neat that the the circles kind of go out beyond the rehot there. Uh huh. Yeah. Like if you look, it goes out. I don't know if that's. I mean, I guess that's underneath the crystal still, so it's not the case. I don't think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it's neat. It's a neat little. Yeah, it's like additional the ripples, texture. The ripples keep going. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't notice that right now until just until you just said that. But it's it almost looks like it's like the spacer underneath the the case in the crystal. I think so. Maybe I think so. Yeah, that's cool though. What a neat feature. It's a great looking watch. And it's a great 90s uh, rap track regulator. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Come everybody on. likes Warren G. <laughs> oh. All right. Aside from that, um, uh, we got that green Alpinist GMT I was talking about that was definitely coming, and it's here. And it, well, it's not here; it's in Japan, and that's where it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Because of course they say. keep the good stuff for themselves. I was going to say, I, I, didn't we call that too? I mean, you we knew it. you knew it was coming. It had. Well, to I be. know, but we we called it, and we're like, okay, this is probably going to be logical. This is going to come out too because everyone's going to want it. Sure enough, they delayed it and they released it right after everyone started crying about it that they didn't get it. But I think we were talking about the fact that they were like, yeah, they're, they're only going to make a Japanese domestic market only. Yeah, definitely. And sure enough. And sure enough, this is what they did. Shocker. Uh, shocker. Yeah, big shocker, right? So we so. got that. Um, they also put out a few, I guess, new flavors of watches that already existed. If you are familiar with the solar speed timers they put out, sort of the newer ones, they now have those in red, yellow, and blue. They look really neat. They're very sporty. They're very like motorsports. So, I don't know. I like the yellow. Honestly, there's a it's a really nice yellow, and the blue looks a lot like the blue that they used on the old speed timers, like the old like uh, Seaver, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I really like the the yellow because again, you don't really get a lot of opportunities for a cool yellow watch. So that, and then the uh, the cheaper of the sixty two Moss reinterpretations. <laughs> Uh, the 40, 41 <laughs> millimeter version that uh, yeah. they've had out that everybody kind of hopped on a couple years ago. Um, they run about like $900,000, I think. Mm -hmm. So they put out three mm -hmm. new colors of that. One's a, a very vibrant blue. Another one's a dark blue. And then a third one is sort of a gray to black gradient. Not incredibly newsworthy, but new stuff just to keep your eye out for coming up. I can't wait. Can't wait. And I guess that brings us to probably the most notable job of the weekend. Uh, in case you're living under a rock, we got <laughs> a new Swatch collab that everybody was talking about. We talked about in the last episode and sort of what, what our it could ideas be. for it would be and such. Um, some of it was pretty spot on, I got to say. Right, yeah. I, I had mentioned a, a no rad. There is a no rad dial. Mm -hmm. I mentioned one with a no, no. What you what you mentioned was taking all the different types of dials that they had used over its lifetime and incorporate that into a new collection, which yep. you were one hundred percent correct on. All right, we got a uh, one with a little water ingress uh, indicator, which oh, I like personally. It's my favorite, it's my favorite. And then uh, some more traditional stuff. I. You know, I, I think people are kind of bummed they didn't get a black one. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I understand that. But I think, you know, given the tie-in to... I mean, because you, you, you know the inspiration from the color scheme, right? The only one I don't get is the yellow one. Okay. So, a lot of people were like, these colors don't necessarily make sense. So, the idea was, <laughs> Blanc Pond made... Five distinctive watches for all five of the world's oceans, right? Mm -hmm. Now, within those particular things, because Blanc Pond is a big company that does a lot of stuff with ocean conservation, right? So, one of the things that they wanted to kind of highlight here was ocean wildlife. Oh, I did hear about this. I okay. thought I thought it went beyond that. I didn't. Know, I didn't know that that was the hundred percent inspiration for each one of these. Yeah, so basically ocean wildlife here and basically Blanc Pond and Swatch 
you know, took the colors for each one of these models based on nuda branches that reside in each one of these respective oceans. So when you look at the actual case back of the watch, what you see here is a depiction of the ocean that's been laser etched into the actual movement plates. But over top of that, in traditional System 51 fashion, you have a see-through oscillating weight, and on the top of the oscillating weight is actually a depiction of that respective neuter branch for the watch. So the yellow and black one, the neuter branch is actually yellow and black. So if I may, um, being the uh, being that watch uh, interwork is, is not my forte, however, my degree in biology, the term is neuterbranch, my friend. Um, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> not that you would know that okay, in case, sure. unless you took <laughs> a, uh, an animal kingdom class or something. But yeah, neuterbranchs are a shellless uh, sea slug and yeah. they're usually very vibrant and they're, they're pretty cool animals. And I, I, there are a few people who are uh, very uh, science geeky that I kind of go back and forth with and we we had a good bunch of laughs about it uh, this weekend, just talking about silly stuff that you learn and you have no use for. But like, this is perfect example of that. And, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, I did hear about that. I, I Yeah, at first I thought it was a joke. Yeah, I thought somebody was running something out there that like was, I was like, okay. There was, all right. there was a YouTuber who posted about it like a week before the launch. He's like, I'm getting this secret intel. And you're like, dude, really? Sea slugs. <laughs> and he was right he was yeah. right so i gotta give credit where credit's due he was right he definitely had somebody on the inside for sure yeah because you wouldn't you would never you would never just arrive at that no not in your life <laughs> no. no never i mean I, I was like looking at the indian ocean i was like i, mean, I guess it's kind of the colors of india well that was what i was thinking at first look i was like all right indian yeah, flag yeah. sure okay yeah yeah well no it's not it's the new to bring Oh, yes, the Nudebrank. Nudebrank, right? Or Nudebrank. Nudebrank. Yeah, I feel like there's there's definitely like a send nudes joke in there somewhere that I, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get it on paper and make it work, but in my head I was like, "Haha, nudes." Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I love them. I know that there's going to get they're they're getting so much good press and so much negative press right now and, you know, every single person has an opinion on them, and I get it. I just, I think that they're sick. I think they're very cool. I think the white is head and shoulders above everybody else. I agree. But, you know, in typical Swatch fashion, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass up the opportunity on any of them. I think that they're sick. I had a buddy of mine who's like, I want the green. I'm like, okay, well, if I find one, I probably wouldn't want the green myself. But uh, if uh, I find one, then yeah, I'll just sell it to you. But I think, my favorite for sure is the is the antarctic um i think it's very cool to colorway that i i really don't have anything that looks like it um i can envision it like on a nice gray tropic which i think would be sick um the blue one is also really nice too the dark blue i think that's where i would go next i i probably would like the red a little more if it wasn't on a red strap like it's just a lot of red going on between the the no red, the bezel, the strap. Like, I feel like if I got, if I took it off that, I or I think it's more orange, actually. It's is like it? Looks burnt, it's like, it's like a burnt orange. Yeah. It's like a tan case, but burnt orange um, strap and bezel. I feel like if I could take it off of that strap, I think I would like it more. And that's going to be the biggest challenge because what I noticed on these, and I don't know if you caught this, but it looks like the spring bars are fixed. I think so too. I think you can only slip something in there. But I know that Blanc Pond traditionally has like screw pins that screw into their cases. So this is actually taking something from Blanc Pond. Because somebody mentioned about this, but it looks like it might be removable. You just have to be, it's it's one of those systems where basically you would have to unscrew it from both sides at the same time, you know? Oh, yep. Okay. I know what you're talking about. So like you could stick a, you could stick a, a head in one side and you could stick the screwdriver in the other and screw it out, but it's not a screwdriver tip. Like it's like a, it almost, it almost looks like a square drive drill bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen that before. I feel like 
can't remember which watch I played around with that had that, but I remember having to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. But I mean, who knows? Who knows if that's the case? But I will say this. All the strap makers out there, <laughs> I don't think your quick release spring bars are going to work on this one, buddy. Nope. You'll probably have to do a solid uh, no quick release and just have a nice channel for a for a big pin to fit through. Um, but I think, you know, something like that, like a Tropic in each one of these colors, man, would be sick. But here's the thing. I'm going to say this right now. Here's the thing. The biggest mess for, or I should say miss, the biggest miss for all the, the moon swatch straps that came out is that the colors of the buckles never match the watch cases. If anybody's out there listening, I'm giving you a million dollar idea. Make your tropic straps or whatever you want to call them, whatever you want to do, but you got to design them to that so that they match the colors of the case. You got to do it. Just for us OCD people out there, it'll drive you nuts. I hated that. I've always hated that. It's like I look at my my Mars. I'm like, oh, beautiful red watch, beautiful red strap, steel buckle. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. If you're if you're going to do that, it, you have to put you you got that, to man. You got to hardware. Yeah, or or PVD it. You know, if you're going to do a steel buckle, totally fine, but PVD it so that it can match potentially the case. You know, give us a light gray, give us a green. You can do it. It costs more money, sure, but that means you can charge more money. But make it so that it fits the actual watch itself. The only one I saw starting to do this was Oris straps because they started making like plastic buckles to fit their their silicon rubber straps for their watches, and they were in the same kind of case colors as the, the Moon Swatches. It was the only one that started to do something a little different. Yeah, and now these are automatic, which is yeah, probably also partly why they're four hundred bucks. But um, I did not know. I I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the these movements have a ninety hour power reserve. Yes. So in the original system fifty one had an eighty hour power reserve, but somebody told me the same thing, and I haven't been able to find it myself to confirm. But I believe that they are ninety hours. That's what I've heard. Which makes sense because Blanc Pond traditionally does 120 hour power serves on their watches. Mm. A lot of their watches are in that high, high, high power serve. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's pretty high for, you know, a pretty. I mean, it, look, people, people want to talk crap about the System 51. It is a fantastic little movement. Is it serviceable? No, potentially not. But this one, I know the case back is a snap-on. So potentially there's a way to get access to the movement. Now, does that mean that Swatch will be able to service it? Or will they just swap out the dial and the and the movement and snap the case back on? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, eventually even your Moon Swatch potentially isn't that serviceable anyway once the movement stops working. So, you know, yes, the battery can be changed, but that, you know, how, how many years did that actually get you? I don't know. You know what I mean? So I think people need to get off their high horse about certain things and need to realize that, you know, things are expensive, but this is a very cool movement. It's a very cool watch and it's, and it's design cue. I was honestly surprised how much I liked the collection. Um, I think a lot of people were. And I think everyone now is just trying to like throw shade at it because they know that they like it and they know they're going to buy it anyway. But now they have to like justify to everyone. It's like, why? It's, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a collector. I have to get one. But, you know, it's not that great. There's so many other watches out there that are that great, you know. But I, I'll be honest with you, man. I've owned a System 51 for years and years and years. I've never had an issue with accuracy. I've never had an issue with um, performance issues. I've had a fantastic experience with the Power Reserve. It's a very cool watch. And I'm excited to pick one of these up. I don't know which one I'll get. You know, I'll have to wait some time before I can really start trying to hunt one down because i got to go to different cities where I can get access to a Swatch store. Um. My my dream goal is to have the Arctic for sure, but 
regardless, I think these are sick. And again, swatches laughing to the bank. Anybody that's throwing hate and shade, you know what? Hundreds of people lined up all over the world to buy this damn thing. Yeah, by the same token, everybody lines up for any of the garbage Rolex puts out, though. So I, I, don't, I don't know if <laughs> that mean, stands I, up. I'm not. I, I wouldn't wait in line for a celebration dial or some nonsense. I, me, me either. And and that's why I didn't. And you know, to all the people that did, you know, I hope you were able to get what you wanted. I was and, curious about this. I didn't hear much about the supply. Everybody always, you know, they always when the I, watch I came that, out, they said the store only had sixty watches. I didn't hear anybody gripe about the number of watches this time around. So but I also think I also think that was growing pains. You know, the the moon swatch got leaked. The moon swatch got leaked early, whether intentionally or or unintentionally. I'm looking at you, Way. And you know what? It caused a massive hype storm because nothing like this had ever happened in the watch industry before. The marketing was on point. It's time to rethink your Omega. It's time to rethink your swatch. Like it was very mysterious. And everyone was freaking out. So everyone lined up because they didn't know what it was going to be. And it, you know, I think because of the leak, the Swatch group was not prepared for the drop. Had they just normally teased it on social media when it was supposed to, you would have had far less people show up. I mean, because you had to remember, this leaked like three or four days before the launch. So you had that many people waiting prior to the launch to get a Moon Swatch. Right? This was, if it did leak, it was like two days. And given the price point, I think it was much more uh, prohibitive for people. They're like, ah, $400. That's much more of a, of a, of a, of a choice. Yeah, it <laughs> you is. You know what I mean? You know, 260 bucks, not inexpensive, Still choice, but $400 is a little bit more of a conversation with with regards to the price. I mean, that's that's quite that's quite a bit. You know? Um so I don't know. People are gonna throw shade on it. I think that they're cool. I would be happy with either one of the colorways. I think that they did a really good job. The no rad style is very cool. I love the fact that it's a legit moisture indicator. Um, I also don't know if you noticed this, but the two ones that have the vintage kind of like Blanc Pond aesthetic, the text for Blanc Pond is also in its vintage typeface. Oh, yeah. Yep. Whereas the other ones that have like the 12369, they're more of the modern Blanc Pond. Yeah, that's font. interesting. So it's like they did they did some very cool like vintage things there that I love. And to me, I think that they did them right. I think they did a great job. Yeah, I mean, well, to me, these are a little more. Um, it's a, there's a little bit of a difference between buying a two hundred sixty dollars version of a watch that's somewhat attainable. Yeah, Plank Ponds go for a ton of money. Yeah, those are not very attainable. You know, I mean, at least here you can get, if you really, you were so all about it, you could pick up one of these. Okay. It's cool. It's, it's, you know, you get a taste of it. It's, it's a little different. Whereas, you know, people can, I don't want to use the word afford, but people can buy a moon watch and maybe not, you know, ruin their kid's college fund. Whereas a Blanc Pond, man, they, they just go up and up and up and, you know, getting the models you want. It's a, uh, it's expensive. <laughs> it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And this one in comparison to the standard moon watch before, you know, I've seen a lot of people surprised by the by the watch itself. I, I've seen a lot of people surprised by the loom. We have applied I saw a good picture loom. of the loom. It looked pretty good. The loom looks pretty good. You have applied indices on the dials. You have the vintage aesthetics, right? The no rads dial. You have the moisture indicator dial. You have fumé treatments on these dials as well to give them gradient finish. Some have dates, so some have no dates. Um, the the bezel action I've heard has been pretty widely received as positive. It's got good action, 120 clicks. Um, now there's no screw in crown, but I hear that the engagement for the date functions and the the time setting is is pretty good. Um, Again, what more can you expect? Like I saw somebody talking crap. They're like, oh, 
Oh, it was Frederico. He's like, oh, this watch is only rated to 91 meters. And someone was like, yeah, bro, because that's 50 fathoms. Derp. <laughs> and they even made it resistant to 50 fathoms. Okay? So it's it's even it's even correct in the name. Which is crazy. Right? Like we we expect, you know, given modern water resistance that 50 fathoms is like this obscenely high number. Yeah, it sounds like 20,000 leagues under the Yeah, sea. exactly. And it's not. It's only 91 meters at 330 feet. I mean, it's still plenty deep, but you know. <laughs> but again, you know, you're going to have all these people who have no idea about these watches. All they're going to do is they're going to flip them and they're going to buy and sell them and trade them and whatever. I mean, Frederico, you know, he he always highlights the stuff that he is going to sell in his Delray watch store. Whatever. If you don't like it, bro, keep it moving. The rest of us who actually are enthusiasts in this actually want to own one of these things. Well, the 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 no repair, no service people bother me because I, I'm going to be dead serious with you. I know like I can count on one hand the number of people I know that have serviced a watch. And I I don't know anybody who has serviced a cheap watch. So I'll just lay that out there. And I, I have, I'm yet to meet somebody who will service a $400 watch. Unless it yeah. means very, very much so. I mean, the only time I've ever had to do that is because when I bought it, it wasn't running within specs. Right. Okay. So that's the only time I've ever had to service a a $400, $500 watch, mechanical watch. And guess what? You know, it was a Hamilton. It had an 80-hour power reserve. It's based largely on the system 51 movements. So a lot of the technology that was derived and ended up in these 80-hour power reserve swatch group movements came from the system 51. Now, is it all automated and assembled by machines and robots the same way the system 51 is? No, it's not. But is it the greatest uh, uh, watch given to the world? No, it's not that either. But you guys sometimes get too serious about watch collecting used to be fun. Bro, not for like, nothing. Robots assemble the car you drive. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, let, let's be honest. If this was assembled by people, it'd be a thousand dollars. What do you want? Okay, so so an entire robot hand assembled this or or machine automated assembled this watch. It uses fifty one components or whatever it is. To me, that's cool. That's an engineering masterpiece. Is it the watch that's going to run forever? No, but you have probably 20 other watches. It's just cool. Like, collecting should be fun. And you're, you're not buying this for that purpose anyway. Uh, again, exactly. You're and not again, buying this to hand down to your grandson. Okay. It, I, and, and let's just say this. Let's just say, let's say you did. Okay. Let's say that you did. We have no idea how an hermetically sealed watch is going to perform in 20, 30 years time from now. It may be completely okay because it's never been exposed to moisture or dust or anything like that because the case itself is a vacuum. <laughs> it's been perfectly sealed from the factory. You know what I mean? And, you know, at the end of the day, you can still pop the case back off. So... Of all the System 51s that exist in the world today, that's pretty good because most of them you cannot. My System 51, when it dies, if it dies, it'll be just a cool piece of, of history. You know? And let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there who've inherited watches from their grandfather or great-grandfather who don't function anymore. Yeah, they don't. And can't be serviced anymore. But does that mean the sentimentality is 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 now removed? No. It's just cool. You know, so all of the usual suspects are going to clown on it and they're going to hate on it because, you know what? They need to be clowning on themselves. These are the people that monetize the watch industry. They're going to talk crap about it. They're going to do whatever they're going to do because at the end of the day, it's a financial benefit to them. They own a business. They trade in watches. They're looking to, to create a hype culture. And they're the problem. Collecting should be fun. And if you like it, go buy one. If you don't, don't worry about it. Don't lose sleep over it. I guarantee you it's not going to devalue your Blanc Pond. 
Your Blanc Pun already did that itself. Yeah, those are the other people I can't stand. <laughs> and enough, enough devaluing the brand, people. Enough. It's, just, it's like enough. it's not going to happen. It's dumb. If anything, it's going to actually maybe help the brand. Let's be honest. Blanc Pun needs all the help it can get. It's a great brand, but it, it, it doesn't have resonance with people today. It's done amazing dive history things, but you know what? If you can't make it relevant, you can't market it, then nobody's going to care about it. And you got to stop making watches that are 45 millimeters. That ship has sailed. If you start making mass production Blanc Pond 50 Fathoms in 40 to 42 millimeters, I guarantee you're going to start turning on more people. And guess what this size is? 42.3. Mm-hmm. Boom. Rocket science. Everyone wants one. Now, had they made it in 45 millimeters, maybe that would be a different conversation. But I like it. I mean, I, I don't know, bro. What do you think? I mean, I'm all for an inexpensive watch, you know, at a good price. I hope that they could supply as many of these as need be, um, you know, because that's that's really what what it is. Is it, at the end of the day, if everybody who wants one can get one in their hand, that'll also just marginalize the uh, scalpers, whatever you want to call them, flippers. Uh, you know, that's what I hope. If people who can get their hand want one of these can get their hands on them. You know, I I personally myself enjoy a, a cheaper watch. You know, anything to that'll let you have fun and get your kicks for a low amount of money is always a good one by me. So, like yeah. I said, I think they're fun. I think, like I said, I have my favorites of the group. Um, you know, they're neat. They're novel. They cause a stir. They give me a lot of material. So, I mean, I, I will say this though. The biggest sad part about this is not calling it the system 51 fathoms. Well, dude, I'm not going to lie. Even if you just went, I thought 51 fathoms would have been a cute play because it, you don't have to say, oh, it's a system 51. It makes sense. 51 fathoms. Correct. 50 fathoms is a Blanc Pond. This is like a new evolution. 51 fathoms. I know it's not going to line up perfectly with the, the depth rating and all, but hey, it makes a lot of sense. 51 fathoms short to the point. I think that might be the best one yet. I mean, you know, I've heard thrifty fathoms. I was going swatch pond just because I I just needed a way to get people to understand what I was talking about without writing yeah, swatch yeah, X yeah. blanc pond every time. So, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> yes, I was interchanging yes. swatch pond and, uh, and uh, what was it? Blanc swatch. But yeah, aside yeah. from that, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. The, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm leaning, thr- I'm leaning. The thrifty fathoms. I'm not a big fan of, but the, the, the 51 fathoms. I think 51 really cool. fathoms is probably the best name. I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I I agree, and I think the only reason why they probably did it was legal reasons. That because makes sense. I was like, uh, you know, because again, it's like it's not rated to fifty-one fathoms; it's rated to to fifty fathoms. Well, you know, aren't they supposed to do twenty percent past? So technically, I mean, you could get away with that. Shit, right? <laughs> that's a that's a that's an Omega thing. That's a Meta <laughs> certification thing. Uh, but you are correct that they do the twenty-five percent fail-safe margin, but. Um, but no, man, I think, uh, I think system or I keep saying system 51, but I think 51 fathoms is certainly a missed opportunity. Uh, maybe if it was possible to increase the water resistance a little bit more, you could have done that one fathom. I know, I know, (laughs) but, but I agree. You know, I think overall the build quality is supposed to be really, really nice. I think the the watch aesthetics are really cool. I like the tie-in it's, it's different than you know the planets that we saw with uh with the moon swatch but it's still relevant and still cool it it gave blanc pond a cool way to like play with color that you know when you look at the blanc pond collection like that does not exist no not much you know you what i mean blue. like <laughs> like it's like blue or or just just black and i get it but like could you imagine if we had Ironic like a white a- dial 50 fathoms like with a like an orange bezel or something like that like that would be cool well, i was gonna say ironic for a company whose name is white bread all the watches are black <laughs> yeah. maybe that's why they're just like oh we're just gonna try to distance ourselves from this but yeah. you know it's uh, it, it's uh it's cool and you know honestly the 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 if they if they continue this this uh collaboration much the way that moon swatch has I mean, really, for Blanc Pond, the 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 limitations are are only by the imagination. 
I mean, you could do sea turtle species or you could do whales or, you know, there's so many different avenues with which to, to direct the, the, the colorways and the change. And yeah, uh, I, w- I was trying to figure out myself as to how they would special edition these like they have with the, uh, the gold or whatever moon swatches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite sure yet, but I try to figure it out. No. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I think uh, I think really if you if you stick with the sea creatures you can certainly do quite a wide range. Yeah, I mean you just go with ones people like, right? People like turtles, people like sharks. I mean, yeah, could you imagine like a like a killer whale or like a norwal or you know blue whale, humpback whale, like color motif for each one of these? That'd be pretty sick. Or you could do shark species, you know, lemon shark, tiger shark, white shark, mako shark. What else do I remember? Um, Greenland shark. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of them, man. There's a lot. White tip, black tip, reef shark, <laughs> hammerhead, great hammerhead, um, Nurse shark. I think Mako's, Mako's taken, but <laughs> Mako's taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mako's taken. Mako's a Mako's an awesome shark, man. It's a cool pelagic shark. It's a solid. It's a solitary hunt hunter in the in the pelagic parts of the ocean. So deep ocean, no no referencing to land. So they're basically the the closest cousin to the white shark. Very cool. Sorry, I'm a I left sharks. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Oh. Tis the migratory season. It is. It is. Oh, I was going to ask you, and I was going to bring this up when we talked about Seiko, but I completely forgot. Did you? Uh, did you start the One Piece on uh, on Netflix? No, I haven't. Did you ever watch the anime? No, I, I also okay. haven't. Okay. Well, I'm not one to really watch anime either, but I just threw it on as like something to watch on the airplane, and it's it's surprisingly good. It's very very good. Now I'm watching the anime because I watch. I love this. I love the show so much. <laughs> so now apparently it's a, uh, yeah. It's apparently one of the longest ever created animes in history. It's like seventeen thousand hours or something like wow, that. Wow, jeez, it's it's insane. It started out in 1997 and it's still continuing to this day. So uh, there's a lot. They said if you had to watch everything start to finish without any breaks for eating or sleeping, it would take you like 19 days. That's I was so like, oh my God. Die in between. <laughs> yeah, basically. You don't eat, you don't sleep, That's and you wild. just watch it straight, and it's going to take you like 17 to 19 days. I'm like, okay, I definitely don't have time for that, but I'll watch it in the background. It's cool. But yeah, if you're if you're on the fence about watching the show, it's actually really good. And for anybody that may be friends of the manga or anime um the original creators actually helped consult on the project so it's actually pretty close to the source material but you know you can't really take seventeen thousand hours or whatever it is of stuff and condense it into one season kind of have to break it up a little bit but it's good so interesting i'll give it a watch i i thoroughly enjoyed it it's about pirates and special powers and cool stuff so that you get from an asteroid just kidding <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that yeah you're right yeah. i guess you get it from an asteroid that's where you get it always <laughs> it's always an asteroid oh man that's so true so true all right my friend anything else uh going on no man uh that is it all right just closing it on 100 that's that's pretty much it here we are yeah three more three more weeks crazy we gotta figure out uh what we're gonna do yeah we'll find something hopefully yeah (laughs) all right all you uh cats and kittens out there we'll catch you next week schmitty have a good one was that a tiger king reference it was i don't know why i was feeling very carol Carol medicine right there all right We'll catch you next week on Rich Cheese Radio. Peace. Take care.